God has not given us the spirit of fear, but has given us the strength to obey. With power and sound mind, with love the unfailing kind, oh, be not ashamed of His way. May the Lord find us faithful. May His word be our banner how high. May the Lord find us faithful. Every day though we live, though we die. No man that seeketh after things of this life is a soldier who passes the test. Be faithful, be working, be running, be serving, be searching His Word for His best. Living or dying, may honor be Thine, from this wretched life you loved and forgave. A life that is on fire, the only our heart's desire, be faithful from now to the grave. May the Lord find us faithful. May His Word be our banner held high. May the Lord find us faithful every day, though we live, though we die. Every day, though we live, though we die. We'll go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Luke chapter 16 this morning. Luke chapter 16, the song we just sang, it goes with uh, what I want to preach to you this morning. Go to Luke chapter 16. Let's start reading in verse 1. And he said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. To beg, I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and he said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and write fourscore. And the Lord commended the unjust steward, because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least 
is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So, right here we've read a parable. Now, be honest. How many get slightly confused when they read that parable right there? All right, all right, we got one raising their hand. Let's be honest. There's some confusing things in there. It's like, wait a minute. That was kind of crooked what that guy did, wasn't it? But yet we see him being commended. And then we see here Jesus make a statement that sounds kind of weird. He says, you know, make to yourselves friends of the unrighteous mammon. And boy, when you look at this parable, you're like, What's going on here? Okay, Something is strange here. And one thing we've got to remember about parables and something that I've been trying to get in the habit of doing is whenever I read a parable, you always have to go back and you have to look at what kind of inspired that parable. Jesus is trying to get a specific message across. And I can tell you right now, the message of this parable is not on the way to be crooked and get yourselves out of trouble. That is not what He was trying to teach here. There was something specific that He was trying to teach. And so, uh, hopefully, you know, as we go through this message, you'll kind of understand what He was talking about in that parable. And what I, but what I want to mainly focus on, though, is the whole main point, the theme of this parable, the thing that Jesus was trying to teach his disciples, but he's trying to show his disciples how you can know what a person will do when things get difficult. And by and what he's trying to teach you is you can tell what someone is going to do by observing how they are, how they handle maybe the smaller situations. At the end, where he says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. You know, a lot of us we're real good at talking about at talking big. I guess you could say. We're all real good at uh, you know, saying, you know, if I was in this situation, I'd do that. But when it comes down to it, in our day to day life and the little things, we're kind of singing a different song, we're saying something completely different. And I hesitate to tell this joke right now. My wife's not in here, hopefully she's not in the nursery listening. But because uh, this one could get this one could oh here she comes. This one but uh, Maybe I'll cancel the joke, all right? Because this one, no, no, I'll do it anyway. Cat's out of the bag. But this one, she, you know, I, I could see her trying to use this one against me. But a woman once asked her husband if he would die for her. Her husband's response was, "Of course, I would die for you. I'd climb mountains for you. I would walk across deserts. I would crawl for miles across broken glass." Then the wife responded, "Will you do the dishes for me?" To which the husband, to which the husband replied, "Absolutely not." And so, you know, but we do. We'd say we would do the big things quite often. But according to the Word of God, if we're not faithful in the little things, we're not going to do the big things. And we can talk all we want, and we can act all noble like we're all great. But Bible says, "He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much." And so, in this parable here, what? Uh, you know, to kind of explain this parable, one, some of the things going on before we get into the main part of the message. Here you have a steward, okay, who's not doing a good job. He is failing, and so his, you know, his master says, you know, I'm going to fire you. You are going to lose your job. And so the steward, what he went and he did, 
is he singing okay? You know, I, when he says, I can't dig, you know, he's like, I can't do manual labor. I'm ashamed to beg. So he went to all of his Lord's debtors. While he still has his power, while he still has his position, he goes and he helps them all out. He says, hey, you know, you owe 100. Well, we're going to change it to 50. And so he goes and he basically helps these people clear their debts with his master. And then his, his Lord, not the Lord, but he saw what he had done and he commended him because he's like, that was smart. Because now when I fire him, all these people are going to be willing to help him out. He figured out a way that he could gain you know, some love uh, from some of these people. So whenever I fire him, he'll have some place to go. He'll be taken care of. And, and right here, the Bible's just showing how lost people many times, the unrighteous, they're wiser than the children of light. They're wiser than those that know the truth in that, you know, they're actually thinking about the things they're doing. They're actually, you know, they're actually shrewd in their business. They, and the, when it comes to the unrighteous mammon, they take care of the details. They do the small things. They're faithful in that which is least. And that's the message of that parable is, you know, he that's faithful in least is faithful also in much. It's not that you can rip off your employer like that. That's not the message. He's, he's given a parable here. He's telling, he's telling a story. If you go back and you read the uh, previous two chapters before it, you can get even a better idea of what Jesus is trying to teach them. Because it kind of starts out where the publicans and the sinners, they're wanting to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees, they don't want to... You know, they're mad that Jesus is having anything to do with these people. And then Jesus goes on and He tells the story... He gives the three parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, and just trying to show them that, hey, this is a good thing when those who are wicked, when those who are lost end up getting saved. This is something that we ought to be excited about. It's something that you ought to be rejoicing over, not looking down on them. And then he goes on to tell this next parable to show how those who are lost, okay, those who are wicked, like this unjust steward, have greater wisdom than many of you do. These people, they're the ones that knew the Scriptures, that knew the truth, that were keeping many of the laws, but they were very foolish in the fact that they weren't willing to just do the little thing of just believe in God and believe in Christ. And that's what He was trying to teach them. And we might get into a little more of this later because after this we see the story of the rich man and Lazarus. That is another passage that's always preached about when we're preaching on hell. But at the same time, and while I think all that teaching that we get from that's appropriate, there's a very specific reason that Jesus gave that story. The whole purpose of the story of the rich man and Lazarus was not to scare people about hell, even though it can do that. There was actually a specific reason that he gave that, and he's kind of doubling down on what he was trying to teach in this parable. And so what Jesus was trying to show is if you're not faithful in the little things, you will not be faithful in the big things. Many times we look at the little things that we think they're not that important. Maybe, you know, we, uh, who cares if I'm not faithful in my Bible reading? Well, you know, we ought to be faithful in the little things. Oh, I mean, who cares if, you know, if I'm not faithful in church attendance? If I'm not faithful in my prayer life? Well, we make, we make light of these things, but the Bible says if you're not faithful in the little things, you're not going to be faithful in much. 
You know, we see the way things are going in this country and going in our world today. And, you know, we know that according to the Bible, that things are going to get, they're going to keep getting worse before they get better. And we all like to talk, you know, hey, when it all goes down, I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to do the right thing. You know, I'm not going to go along with this world, but we can't even be faithful to doing the things that we know we're supposed to do now. We're not faithful in those little things. And people do. They say they want to be used of God, but they're not faithful in these little things. They're not faithful in soul winning. They're not faithful in studying their Bible. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. What it says there, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. And this is a pretty clear verse. It says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That's what God wants from a steward. What is a steward? A steward is somebody who handles and takes care of something that belongs to someone else. Okay, a steward, and God has given us some things. God has given us His Word. We are stewards of His Word. It is our responsibility to take His Word and spread the Gospel with it. It's our responsibility to study it and to learn it and to teach it to other people. God has entrusted us with the gospel. He's given that to us. The possessions that we have, the truth is they belong to God. We are just stewards of it. We have we don't have no business just doing whatever we want with the things that we call ours. They belong to God. The Bible says that our body is the temple of God, which we have of God. Ye are not your own, ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Everything we have belongs to God. And we are stewards of that. And it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. We live in a day and age where people think they have a right to, to jobs. You know, that they have a right to working for certain companies. And they do. If they try getting fired for anything, they want to get, you know, they want to sue them and stuff. If they don't get hired, they want to claim discrimination. But let me tell you, Companies, they, they should be allowed to give requirements to their people. And God does that. And we, if we want to be a steward of God, He's given us some requirements. And one of them is that a man be found faithful. Someone that you can't count on has no business being a steward of God, calling themselves a steward of God. And according to the Word of God, if you're not faithful in the little things, you are not going to be faithful in the big things. You know, we, we think that we're... So, you know, we do. We, we talk big. But, you know, I want to ask you, how are you doing on the little things? How faithful are you in your prayer life? You know, if you're not faithful praying right now, you know, when maybe you're not going through any major catastrophes, you know, you're not going to be faithful later. You know, you've got to be, we've got to be faithful all the time. Faithfulness is something that we do all the time. Okay? If you are, if you're a husband, and you're faithful to your wife 364 days out of the year, would people call you a faithful husband? No. The whole point of being faithful is it's all the time and it's forever. Okay? It's not, it's not temporary. It's forever. And you know, what does God think about the faithful? It, let's, I'm just going to jump to a bunch of different Scriptures here. You can try to follow along if you want. But Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 and he said, Hear thou my words, if there be a prophet among you, I the Lord will make myself known unto him in a vision, and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, 
and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against him, and he departed. This was a story where Aaron and Miriam, they got mad at Moses because of the Ethiopian woman he had taken to wife, and they're rebuking Moses. They're being disrespectful to Moses. And God stops them, and He rebukes them and said, let me tell you something about Moses. You don't mess with him. He's special. He's not like the other prophets that I speak to in visions and in dark sayings. I speak to him face to face. You know why I treat Moses that way? Because he's faithful. I've not seen anybody faithful like Moses. And Moses had special favor with God because he was faithful. Hebrews 3.5 mentions this. And Moses was verily faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Right there we see it mentioned again. God used Moses the way God used him because he was faithful. No, Unlike anyone else. In 1 Samuel 2.31 it says, Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house, and thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation and all the wealth which God shall give Israel. And there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. And the man of thine whom I shall cut off from mine altar shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thine heart. And the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age. And this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, in one day they shall die, both of them. And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to all which is in mine heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. Eli and his house, he was the high priest. They were the one in that line of Aaron, but they were wicked. They were not faithful. And God killed them. They both died in one day. When Eli found out about it, he fell backwards off his seat and he broke his neck. And he died that day. And then God raised up another man that was faithful. He said, I know this man. I can count on him. He is faithful. We see in Psalms 31.23, O love the Lord, all ye His saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. And be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Those who are going to survive the hard times, it's going to be the faithful. Those who see the real rewards are going to be those who were faithful in the hard times. You know, we've seen periods of time in our history in America where you know, doing the right thing, it was kind of the end thing. Going to church, it was just something that everybody did. It was easy to be faithful during those times. It was easy to be faithful, you know, back in the days when everything was closed. It was easy to be faithful to church when everything was closed on Sundays because everybody was at church. But now we live in a day and age where people don't care, where everything's just as busy as it is any other day of the week, maybe even more busy. And you know what? People, they're flopping out. You know why? Because. It is. It's harder now. They weren't faithful when it was easy, and they're definitely not going to be faithful now. And it's going to get harder. You know, church attendance is decreasing across America as a whole. And you know what? If we're not faithful right now, as things get worse, you're not going to be faithful then either. You'll be one. That, but those who are faithful, God's going to preserve those people. God's going to reward those people. Psalms 101 verse six: Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with Me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve Me. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 6, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. 
lot of people talk about how good they are and how all that they would do and how great they are, but boy, it's hard to find the faithful. It's easy to find someone who will talk about how great they are and all that they would do when the going gets tough, but it's hard to find someone who will actually do it. That's what Proverbs 20, verse 6 is saying right there. Proverbs 28, verse 20, A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Uh, Daniel 6.4 Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. What a testimony he had amongst his enemies. Man, that guy's he's too faithful. He's not going to mess up. He does the right thing all the time. That's what his enemies said about him. So they had to make up a law that was against the law of his God because they knew he's going to be faithful to his God. This guy is so faithful, we have to make following his God illegal. And then he'll be loyal to his God because he's that faithful. And that's what they did. And it got him thrown in the lion's den. But God protected Daniel anyway. Anyway, I mean, what an amazing testimony. 1 Corinthians 4.17, For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. 2 Timothy 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 2, And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I mean, throughout the Bible, we see that theme of faithfulness. Those are the ones that God is going to use. Those are the ones that He is going to reward. Those who are faithful and I'm not talking about faithful in the big things. You know why Daniel was faithful the way he was and saw the things he did? Because he was faithful just to pray three times a day. I mean, he just he was faithful across the board. He was faithful in his diet that they God had given the Jewish people at a young age. And this is years and years later. This is over 70 years later when he gets thrown into the lion's den. He was faithful when he was young. He was faithful in between. He was faithful... All the time. This is not something we just turn on and off every once in a while. And if you are not faithful in the little things, you will. You can count on it. You can mark it down. You will not do the big things. If you can't do right in America, you will not be able to do right when things get really bad. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, If thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace wherein thou trustest they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? Y'all see that? You can't even handle it with the footmen. What are you going to do when the horses come? Hey, you can't even be faithful to church when it's legal. What are you going to do when it's illegal? I mean, you won't read your Bible now when it's legal. What are you going to do when they try banning it and getting rid of it? What are you going to do then? You're not going to do it then. We all say we would, but no, you're not faithful in the little things right now. You will not be when things get tough. And we've got to, we've got to pay attention to these small things. If you, if God gives you something to do, whether, I mean, whether it be a small job that He gives you, maybe in the church, you ought to be faithful in that. Whatever it is, whatever role that you play, whatever ministry you are involved in, no matter how small, no matter how insignificant it seems, you better be faithful in that. If you don't, God's not going to use you in the bigger things. I've known so many people over the years 
that they have. They've wanted to, you know, they've wanted to be pastors. They've wanted to be missionaries. They wanted, you know, they wanted these positions that they saw as way up there. But you, you couldn't even get these people faithful to church. You couldn't get them faith. You'd give them. You'd, you know, my dad. I remember he'd give these people a ministry. He'd give them something to do in the church, and you couldn't count on them for anything. They were so unfaithful, and then they would wonder why, you know, they never got to be pastors or anything like that. You weren't faithful in the little things. Oh, I would do the big things. No, you wouldn't. If you won't do the little things, you will not do the big things. If you're not faithful to teach a Sunday school class, you will not be faithful pastoring a church. It's just not going to happen. You're going to quit. If you give up when things are easy, you know, some little kid sasses you in class, you give up. I'm done being a Sunday school teacher. I promise you won't be faithful being a pastor. It's just not going to happen. You've got to be faithful in the little things. If you can hardly, you know, if you can hardly do these things now, said so I know America has her problems, but you know what? Did did you all meet any opposition coming to church today? The biggest opposition we had coming to church today is walking out in the heat. That was it. But there's places, there are parts of the world where you have to go in secret. You got to go. You know, you got to go and. You can't advertise it. You've got to be quiet about it. And we see they did that in the Bible days. And that's what they had to do. And these people, they were faithful. And there are people that are faithful. But I'm telling you, these people that let every little thing get them out now, they're not, they're not going to be faithful. You're not going to be able to count on them when things get tough. And if you want to be used of God, you've got to be faithful in the little things. If you won't witness where it's safe, you're not going to do it where it's unsafe. There's a lot of missionaries that are going around, they're trying to raise support so they can go and they can be witnesses in some of these countries where it's unsafe. And these guys, they won't even go soul winning here in America. I mean, they're lazy here in America and they think they're going to go over there and all of a sudden become hard workers. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. If they're not faithful, if you can't do it here in America, you can't do it over there. If you can't even teach a Sunday school class here in America, you are not going to start a church in another country. It's just... It's biblical. Jesus tried to teach His disciples that. If you, and then, go to verse 19 of the same chapter. This is where we have the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Very well-known story. Anytime anybody preaches on hell, they use this story. Completely appropriate. But understand, there was a reason that Jesus gave this parable. We're not going to, or not, uh, this is an actual story that happened. He names names. He says there was a certain rich man... But he goes and he tells this story about the rich man who had it good. I mean, everything was great in his life, and then you got Lazarus. You know, and a lot of the details that are in there, you know, they're just—he's trying to tell him a story. He's trying to help him understand something. But the main point of the story we find at the end, okay, and we see though in verse 23, okay, the rich man's died, Lazarus has died. The rich man it says, and in hell he lift up his eyes being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And then we see him calling out to Abraham, send Lazarus to give me water. I am tormented in this in this flame. And then, Abraham tells him, hey, we can't get to you and you can't get to us. And then in verse 27, listen to what the rich man says. He says, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him, referring to Lazarus, to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. 
And Abram said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead. Right there at the end of the story, just like this other one, that's the main point. The main point of that story is if you won't listen to the Bible, you won't, believe, you won't listen through a miracle. We see Jesus did miracle after miracle, and the, but at the same time, many of those people we see didn't get saved, ended up going away in unbelief. You know why? They saw the miracles, but they didn't believe His words. He would go and He would try to t tell them the truth. He would even share Old Testament Scripture and they wouldn't believe that even though they saw the miracles. And there are people today, well, I'd believe the Bible if I saw a miracle. i believe the Bible if I saw God heal somebody or if I saw somebody raised from the dead, then I would believe the Bible. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. We've got people that say, you know, we, when we teach on the end times and the tribulation and things like that, well, if I start seeing all those things happen, then I'll believe God. No, you won't. No, you will not. If you won't believe what the Scriptures say, you won't believe anything. There, I mean, some people might think, oh, Pastor Tommy, if I, I would get saved if I saw you get up and you start floating, you levitate yourself, and you start speaking in tongues, and your face starts glowing, then I'll believe the Scriptures and I'll get saved. No, you won't. If you won't believe, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. From the Bible. You will not believe that a miracle. That was what Abraham was trying to say, uh, or that Jesus was trying to teach in that story of the rich man and Lazarus. And we've got people today that are going around saying, you know, I would do this if that. No, you wouldn't. We can tell what someone is going to do by how they are in the little things. A person who looks at the Bible and they read it and they believe it, those are the ones that are going to understand truth. Those are the ones that are going to learn things. If I've got to do a magic show for you all and I've got to perform miracles and do all these feats, I'm not going to get anywhere. Because if you won't even believe the Bible, you won't believe a miracle either. That's what the Bible teaches. And if you're not faithful in the little things, you're not going to be faithful in the big things. The truth is, if you won't believe the Bible, God won't let anything else persuade you. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8, and this is talking about the return of Christ. And it says, And then that wicked shall be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure and unrighteousness. Just last Monday, uh, I believe it was, at, at the high rise, we were having the Bible study. I was teaching them there. And I'm planning on preaching the message eventually about the coming miracle worker. We see in the Bible that there is one who is going to come on the surface before Jesus Christ returns 
who is going to do miracles. He is going to do miracles. He's going to do lying wonders. And I even believe people under Him are going to do miracles and lying wonders. People are going to start seeing things that are going to blow their mind. They're going to see somebody doing miracles that we haven't heard about since Jesus walked the earth. And you know what? Many people are going to reject the truth of the Bible and they're going to go after that person. They're going to follow that. I'm telling you folks, the Bible talks about it. It is coming. That day is going to come and there is going to be a great falling away. People are going to buy into this junk. They're going, to, they're going to see all that's being done and they're going to reject the truth of the Bible. And we see in that story that when it all goes down, that God's going to send them strong delusion. Those who would not believe the Scriptures, those who would not believe what the Bible says, God is going to let them believe that lie. And that's why right now we need to be faithful and studying the Scriptures, believing the Scriptures, because there is a day is going to come where there are, we're going to start seeing the miracles again. But they're not going to be of God. That is with Satan and all of his lying wonders. Satan's got some power too, folks. And there, there, it's coming. I believe it's just around the corner when we're going to see these things. And you know what? You better start believing the Bible right now. Because... When all that stuff starts happening, if you're not willing to believe the Bible now, what in the world are you going to do when Satan starts doing his magic? You're going to go, you're going to go right along with it. We don't really see people out there doing miracles. I mean, you got the TV preachers, but most people aren't falling for that. Those guys aren't it. They're not bringing about the falling away. The real stuff's it's coming pretty soon. There's going to be some amazing things that happen, and many people who won't believe the scriptures now are going to fall for that stuff. They're going to go along with it simply. And the problem is, they just didn't believe the Scriptures now. They didn't have simple faith in the Word of God. And I'm telling you, you can look and figure out who's going to go that way. Who's going to follow those things. How, how do you know? How do you know who's going to follow those things? Those who aren't faithful now, they're not going to be faithful then. Those who won't believe the Scriptures plain and simple now, they're not going to believe the Scriptures when somebody comes along doing miracles. There is no way. It's just it's that simple. That's what Jesus was trying to teach in Luke chapter 16. Those who aren't faithful in the little things will not be faithful in the big things. Those who aren't faithful when things are easy, they're not going to be faithful when things are hard. Those who won't believe the Scriptures now will not believe them later whenever Satan starts doing all of his miracles. Jesus, He spoke to the Pharisees in parables, and he did not allow them to understand because they didn't have any faith. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 9 through 17, Jesus, he gave them a parable. The Pharisees didn't get it. The disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, why are you speaking to them in parables? And Jesus said, It's not for them to understand. They won't believe my word. I'm not, they won't even get saved. I'm not going to teach them heavenly things. Listen, there are some things that we teach around here that you all understand to save people that the world... We're not, I'm not even going to try to teach it to the world. If they're not willing to believe that they're a sinner and that Jesus Christ died on the cross and that He's the only way to heaven, if they're not willing to get saved, they're not going to understand those other things. There's no way. The Bible says it, it can't be done. Those things are spiritually discerned. It is impossible. And Jesus, on purpose, did not let the Pharisees understand some things about heaven because... They wouldn't even do the first thing and believe in Him. 
They would not believe in His Word. If you won't believe the Gospel, you will not understand doctrines of the Bible like justification, sanctification, separation. You're not going to understand those things if you're not even willing to believe the Gospel. Unbelievers will always be drawn to the miracle workers. They will always be drawn. Right now, everyone's being drawn to the performers. Those are the, the churches right now that are booming. I mean, it's the ones that they've got the performers. I've never been tempted to go that way because I just don't have the talent. Okay, you know, no matter I, I could I could do whatever's trendy uh, with music and everything, and I'm just not talented enough. I'm not bringing the big crowds in, so I might as well just be faithful uh, doing what God said to do. But right now, people are drawn towards entertainment, and there are some people that are good at it. But when Satan shows up on the scene and starts doing his miracles, they will quickly leave that and go after that. Unbelievers will always be drawn to that. But they will not be saved through those things. They will not gain any understanding of the truth. And truth is, if you want God to use you in the big things, you have to start being faithful in the little things. Matthew 5, verse 19, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. If you want to do something for God, start being faithful in the little things. Start just don't don't ask for miracles, don't ask for visions and dreams and things like that. Just start believing what the Bible says, and God will help you understand things. Everybody they do that. You know, Lord, just make it clear to me. Lord, show me something. Lord, do a miracle. Let me see a sign in the sky or something like that. How about you just, when you read things in the Bible, you start believing what it says. Not, you know, we all want to know the answers to the big questions. But if we're not willing to accept the answers to the little questions, if we're not willing to even follow clear commandments like thou shalt not steal, well then why is God going to teach us the deeper things? If we won't even obey that, we're not going to obey the other things either. But if we start being faithful in that which is least, in the little things, God says, you know what? I can teach them that. I can give them understanding of that because they will follow it. Moses, face to face, got to talk with God. Why? He was faithful. God could count on him. And can God count on you? You can figure it out real quick. Are you faithful in the little things? If you're not, don't, don't even ask for the big things. Right now, what you need to do is you need to commit and you need to, you need to persuade, uh, resolve in your life, I am going to be faithful in the small things and the things that are insignificant, the things that don't matter, and then let the Lord promote you from there. And if you won't do the little things, you won't do the big things. So with that, let's all stand together. Faithful in that which is least. That person's faithful all